Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Well, how is everybody doing? Awesome. Yes. Got some. Go ahead and pinch the baby. It's right. <laughs> so I had a great week. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, we, I, Maddie and I went down to grad at, at, uh, in Bethel for Zach's third year graduation. Drove uh, 16 hours yesterday. Yeah, is that all? That was crazy. You know, all everything. There's a stretch. I don't know if you've ever driven down that way, but there's a stretch from Kennewick to Ritzville, and it's like desert. And it's like after, and that's our, oh, here, let me stop here while you guys are talking. I'll just, don't let me interrupt. <laughs> these, these teachers, you know, they think they can just teach whenever they want. <laughs> anyway, so it's about 10 hours, 12, 12, 12 hours at that point. Everything just looks the same. Maddie's sleeping beside me, and, and I'm, I'm kind of white-knuckling. And you find yourself, like, staring, and I was listening to a podcast, and I don't realize, I don't remember how long my eyes were actually closed. And I, I jerk away, and I was like, and your heart stands to pound, and you're like, okay, I'm good for another 60 kilometers or so before that happens again. I'm awake. So, but we, <laughs> but we had a great time. Uh, Zach is doing well. He's going to be home in... In a couple of weeks, he decided to stay longer just so he can hang out with some of his friends. And his revival group, or his, his uh, pastor, Jordan, uh, is taking the interns down to Napa for three, three days or something like that. And so they're, they're just going to be touring around down there and hanging out and having some fun and, and stuff. So, but it was, a good, it was a good time just to get away. And, um, and in that time, um, we sold our house. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was funny. I was leaving on, I think it was Monday. Dan and I were chatting. I said, we knew we had a showing on Thursday morning. And, um, and it was odd because I thought, usually our real estate agent, she books it like 24 hours. She'll go, hey, can you have a showing tomorrow? Sure. You know, hey, can you have a showing tomorrow? Sure. Hey, we have three showings tomorrow. Is that all right? Yep, yeah, sure. And, um, but this one was like, I think it was on Sunday and she, I messaged her about something and she says, oh, by the way, can we do a showing Thursday morning? And I was like, yeah, that's great. And, um, so Monday we're getting ready to go and, um, or I think maybe it was on Tuesday, Dan and I were talking and I said, wouldn't it be funny if this is the one that goes, that, that this is the one that takes. And Deanne's like, no, it wouldn't be because that means I would have to do everything. Because... <laughs> few weeks prior, she goes, you know what I really like about this is that you get to do all of the negotiation, you get to do the numbers, you get to sit with the real estate agent. All I have to do is go in and sign my name. I'm like, <laughs> fair enough. I said that I can handle that. And so, um, so yeah, Thursday comes along and um, the house is getting ready. And um, I was gone, of course, Maddie or Deanne was working. And so I left Andrew. He had to tend to the dog. And so they're driving around. It was supposed to be a half-hour showing. An hour and a half later, he keep he, like this gentleman right here is texting Deanne, they're still there. 
And he texts me, they're still there. I'm like, well, that's a good thing. The longer, the better, right? It's, I can't afford this gas. I'm like, well, go park somewhere. It's, <laughs> it's raining. It's like, so we had a bit of a family domestic, you know, 1,500 kilometers apart from each other. But all that to say, we, they, uh, that afternoon they came in and they offered, they, they gave an offer. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a low ball offer. Like it was just, it was a, like, I was like, I was offended. And, and I was like, um, no, that's not acceptable. But all the other conditions were, were like, they were okay. And I said, um, and this, I am telling you the story, but I'm, this is part of my message today. So just in case you're wondering. Um, and so they, yeah, they came in. It was like, a, it was like $45,000 lower than what we were listing it for. And I was like, oh, that's how that feels. Because I was always the guy going, let's just go in and offer a stupid low amount and just see what happens. <laughs> right? And, and so I haven't had an opportunity to do that. And I don't think I'll ever take that opportunity to do that. Because I just thought the feeling that I got was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that's so rude. Like, it's, we're, you know. So, so we took our real estate agent's advice. And, you know, the, the conditions were fine. Um, as we said, we can accept the conditions as they are, but we don't even know what to respond to the offer. So just come up with another number for us. So they came back and they, it was, it was, um, more. And this is all on Thursday. And was that Thursday or was that Friday? No, I know it was, but when did they, when they, when they countered was, it was, that was Friday morning. So I was at the grad ceremonies and they started, they started with a song and I'm going to get. We'll start with this song. They didn't start. It was in the set. And I got, I got the lyrics because the lyrics just, it, you know how you hear something and it just, you're going, God, this is for me. I needed to hear this. And the lyrics were, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. But you've never failed me yet. <sighs> Waiting for change to come, knowing the battle's won. For you have never failed me yet. And, and you guys know our story. You know, we, this is a two-year process. Not two years of it trying to sell it, but responding to a prophetic word that was given literally two years ago plus a month. And, and we had ideas and we had excitement and we had, you know, the whole story. And when, when the singer, when the lead singer said, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. It's like, that is, that is a picture of faithfulness because you're doing what God has called you to do. And when you don't see the results immediately, where does that leave you? And the Lord, was, he spoke to me in that moment and he says, see, this, you, like your faithfulness, he's saying to me, Jeff, your faithfulness is encouraging me. But see, I am still faithful. I was like, wow. And then he says to me, how do you feel about being generous to someone you don't know? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, Lord. How do I feel about being generous to somebody I don't know? More importantly, how will Deanne feel about being generous? Because, <laughs> you know, honestly, I'm good. I don't think she will be. <laughs> 
But he said, but he started to speak to me about our culture here of generosity and our culture of, of when it being generous to where it, it actually affects some of your bottom lines. And he says, so don't be offended by this low offer. I've got this. And um, so the, and I was like, oh, wow. And I'm just like, how does that look? Like, we can't afford a $45,000 hit. Like, that's just, that, 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 that goes beyond generosity. And I think that, that goes into eating, eating our bread. You know, like, it, it's not, we're, this isn't seed. And he goes, but do you trust me? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, it's you. This is all you. And, and, um, and so, it, and that was it. And we continued on with, you know, with worship. And later that night, Dan and I were talking, you know, via FaceTime. And, and uh, I said, what, what do you think about this whole thing about generosity to people we don't know? And, and she's like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, but, but the, but, but there's that, well, what are you thinking? Cause she knows me. She's like, you just give the whole thing away and we'd be sleeping in Chris and Larry's basement. <laughs> you know, which is another story, but it would, it, which would be awesome for about two weeks. And then, and then, but then all the kids would be gone because Andrew would find a place on his own. And so maybe that would be, that's what we need to do. <laughs> Maddie would like, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But so it's like this, this tension of being generous and, 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 but I just, I felt the Lord saying, I've got this, sit back and watch what I'm going to do. And so we got some counsel for some, some very good counsel from a few people and on how to do this. Cause we've never done this 25 years. We've been in this house for 25 years, minus two and a half months once. Oh, by the way, their closing date, if this all goes through, we have to be out of our house June 15th. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about suddenly in the Lord. How suddenly's work, but June fifteenth we're gonna we have to be out. Um, it's subject to conditions, and the Lord was saying to us, "Watch what I'm gonna do with this." And and so they they countered. I you know I said to our our agent, I said, "This is you know let's have them come up with another number." And um, so they came up with another number. It was twenty thousand more, and we're like, okay. And then Deanne was talking to somebody, and they said, I've done this a thousand times. Like, literally, this person is just, they buy and sell houses and all, just nauseating. But they know what they're doing. And he says, anybody can come up with $5,000. If you're going to lose, if, you're gonna, if they're going to walk away from a house because of 5000 they weren't serious. I'm like, oh, okay. So Deanne and I come up with a number. We countered, and they accepted. And it was substantially lower than I thought. But the Lord says, this is how you're generous. You've basically given strangers $15,000 and a step up into their life, into their dreams, and you may never actually ever meet them. And I thought, that's amazing. And it was like we were, we were both in agreement that this is what we can do. We don't know what it's going to look like on the other end because you know what? It doesn't matter. The Lord promised us that he's got us. And then this song comes in. I've seen you move, come move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I believe I'll see you do it again. So now we have to find a house. Quick, by June 15th. We're actually going this afternoon to view one. 
and it looks potential, like it looks promising. I tell you this, this is an amazing, like we're just excited, we're overwhelmed, we're, you know, we're emotional, I'm, I'm, I'm a wreck. <laughs> 25 years. In that 25 years, we've raised our kids. In that 25 years, we've had good times, we've had bad times, we've had, we've had floods, we've had dogs die and hamsters die, and you know, just life, right? We've had, we've had amazing parties and we've had just, it's 25 years. And, uh, and so I get to joke, so for our 25th anniversary this fall, I bought Dan a house. So that's, I'm good. <laughs> or Dan bought me a house. We're good. <laughs> Happy anniversary, honey. If you have your Bibles, um, let's look at, turn to Luke 5. I was saying I'm, I'm very emotional because I'm looking back and I'm just looking at through the eyes of being thankful that I remember when I was a teenager, we didn't move a lot as a teenager, but I remember thinking that when I get married, I want to be in a place long-term. I don't want to be moving around a lot. I want to, I just... I, I craved, the one thing that I craved was stability and, and for my kids and for our, you know, for our marriage and stuff. And I never dreamed that we would be in that house as long as we did. Part of it is because we're such a slow processing couple that it's like, do you want to sell the house? Nah, that's too much work. You know, literally we've talked about it 10, 15 years ago. We thought, well, should we put the house up for sale? Like it was always in spring. So we get that spring fever. You start to look. You know, you start to look at houses. You go, oh, that, that's nice. I'd like that. And do you, do you want to put the house up for market? Nah. It's, do you realize how much stuff we have? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. And this is like 10 years in, 15 years in. Oh, look at that car. Should we buy that car? So it's like that, it's like just that spring fever. And, but over the, over the last two years, the Lord has been saying that it's time to prepare. It's time to get ready for the increase. It's time to get ready for what I'm about to do. And I believe as leaders, um, you know, what our life is basically out there, it's an expression of what the Lord wants to do here. If you know what I mean? So what he speaks to, and he's walking us through, and this, and this journey definitely isn't done. But it, honestly, in the last few years, we have been preparing for an increase. And um, so, and, and I was looking at, um, I was listening to a message the other day, and, and, and this, I had never seen this before. So we're looking at, at Luke 5. Um, I'm just going to read until I stop. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats on the water's edge with the fishermen nearby rinsing their nets. In other stories, um, in other parts of the Bible, it talks about them mending their nets. So there's this sense that they had finished their day, they were, um, they were done their, you know, fishing, and now they were just getting cleaned up and hopefully go home for, for some supper. Um, so they were rinsing their nets, they were mending their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat, into a boat belonging to Simon Peter, and he asked him, he says, um, I like this, he, he asked him, and then in the, in the next line is, let me use your boat. Danica gets it, everybody else is like, what? 
Peter asked him, or Simon, he asked Simon Peter, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. So Jesus sat down on the boat and taught the people. Um, when he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out into deep water, cast your nets, and you'll have a great catch. Peter replied, Master, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing, but if you insist, we'll go out again and we'll let our nets because of your word. So then they pulled up their nets, but when they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst. So these nets had been tended to. These nets had been cleaned. They had been mended. They were ready to harvest a lot. And so it was like even in their preparation, what they got was, was something that was actually testing the bounds of those nets, testing the strength. You know, it would, it would have been huge. So they waved then to their business parts, partners in the other boat for help, and they ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. Now just think of that kind of increase. What does that look like? How many of you, how many are fishermen here? Like, do you love to go out and fish, right? Chris, Larry, Dan, Brian, yeah. I, I like to fish. It's not a passion. I think I've gone out with Larry six times in 25 years. You know, which is kind of sad, honestly. I think, I think um, coming in the future, maybe a little bit more, because <laughs> that's another story. Um, but, you know, you catch two fish, and you're like, you know, I'm having a good day. Or if you're like Ian, catch 8, 12, 25 fish, and the more fish you catch, the more work it is. Right, I love like Larry and Maddie will go out and they'll get they'll get six fish and Larry's happy because then he just sends them home and I have to clean them. <laughs> and, and it's like, I'm like I didn't ask for these. So why is why is his provision my problem? <laughs> and and I'm being serious like I'm not being I'm not being dishonoring, but that's what it becomes is that the provision that the Lord has now affects everybody. Because, see, Peter was and his guys were on the boat, and Jesus says, push off and, and fish. And he's like, but we've already done it, but you know what? I honor you. I'm going to honor the word. We're going to do it. Boom. All of a sudden, they're starting to sing, so they call another boat. Boom. It gets filled up. And all of a sudden, they now have so much provision that a lot of people are going to be affected. Not only with the blessing of that fish, which I love getting fish from Larry, and I have no problem cleaning it. Sometimes it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. But that's the point. A lot of times the Lord will bless us with provision and the increase, but what that provision and that increase will give to us is more work. So we talk about at House of Hope how, how it's, you know, we're praying for that increase and we're preparing for the increase. We're getting our nets ready. You know, we're building up our shores and stuff. But we have no idea because what that's going to look like and until it comes. And hopefully we'll have prepared enough that when it comes, we'll be ready. But even when it comes, we're going to go, oh my gosh, we're not ready. Could you imagine what it would look like had we not even prepared? And I look at the provision of our house sale at this point, and you know, again, this is a story in process. There's a lot of things that could happen that 
It may not happen. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but it's just that's life. But in this point, in this, in this point in our story, what the Lord has shown us is, is, is being faithful to, to, um, to prepare and to be generous. And for us as House of Hope, in, in you looking at the, at the Luke 5 um, passage, we are getting ready for an increase that's going to require all of us to roll up our sleeves and work harder. And not as a sense of this is what I have to, but it's just a sense of we're all sharing in the benefit of the increase. And whether that's more people or more resources or a different building or, you know, it's, it, 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 I don't know. But it just requires us to keep preparing. When I was, when I, this is a long time ago, now 15 years, 67, 18 years ago, I applied for a job at Walmart. 18 years. Yeah. So it was the fall, it was um, spring of 2000, and I got a job at Walmart. And, um, and my goal was to get as much experience with this company as I could for whatever reason. That was God's provision for us at that time. And so as I moved, I moved through the ranks, and I think it was in the first two years, I went from part-time, part-time? Yeah, part-time truck unloader to assistant store manager. And when I accepted the assistant store manager position, they said, we are going to move you from Cranbrook to probably Calgary. Are you movable? They say that's the, one of the criteria for you to be a, an assistant manager is that you have to be movable or you have to be transferable. And Dan and I, at that point, you know, we had lived here 10 years or so, um, no less than that. And we're like, are you, is this good? Is this like, and we're like, well, yeah, this means a promotion. It's more money. It's, you know, like, yes, we are, we are, yes, we will be transferable. So I said to the, whoever it was, I don't remember now, yes, we are willing to move to wherever you take us. And they move you, they, whatever, they take care of you. And so at that point, we're like, crap, we've been here a long time. We've been here eight years. Let's say it's eight years. 93 we were married, so this is, yeah, so six years, seven years. Like, math is hard. And we had already accumulated a lot of stuff. Our basement was full. And at that point, we started to prepare for that increase, for that change. And we emptied our basement. We got through, I don't know how many truckloads of stuff to the dump, and there wasn't, there was Salvation Army, I think, and we took a bunch of stuff. Just, we emptied the house. We just prepared. And then that took us like a month, right? Just constant chuck, chuck, pick, chuck, toys gone, blah, blah, blah. And then they said, oh, no, you know what? We need you here. You're going to stay here. And so I did five years, total of five years from 2000 to 2005 um, with Walmart. And we never had to move. But we still prepared as if we did. And so then that comes along and it's like, well, we're not moving. And then we started to accumulate again. And it's, it's amazing what you don't realize what you have until you actually go and blow things off in the basement like, Oh, I was wondering where that was. And I was, when I was younger, I was really bad with tools and stuff because I didn't have a dad who had tools. And, you know, so my tools were everywhere. Drove Larry nuts, I think, because he was finding my tools over at his place or his tools at my place. 
Do you still have that crescent wrench I lent you? No, I gave that back to you. Oh, wait a minute. You know, dig it out. It's got Samson written on it. Yep, this is yours. But as I got older, I realized, okay, so you know, that's what process is, right? That's what growth is. It's learning as you go. And so in this preparation of, of life, you know, we have these things that go on that will motivate us and get us ready for an increase. And so here at House of Hope, you know, our desire, and we've been getting increased words a lot in the last, say, two years. It's, and I remember Jarrett um, standing on here, I think it was literally, literally two years ago, sometime this month or March or April, and he had this word that it's time to shore up the banks, there's a flood coming, and like, flood coming, haha, BC's, you know, parts of BC are underwater. It's because the levees are broken. And see, the point is, as far as getting ready for something like a flood, is that we don't, dis, we, don't, we don't dishonor what is God is doing, but we make sure that it's kept within its banks in a good way. You know, we say, oh, Holy Spirit, come and flood us. Well, do we know what that actually looks like? We, do we know what that means when, when there is chaos? McKenna Margot and Chris and Larry and Kathy, and you guys remember the days of renewal, when, when the Toronto Blessing was firing up, it was in like 93, 94, 95, and it was messy. It was just absolutely messy. People were coming in. We didn't know if demons were flying out or going in or, you know, people were doing things. We were like, I, we just, we've never seen this before. But there were some who had seen the Holy Spirit move that we could go, oh, I've seen this before. It, it looks like the Holy Spirit. I've seen them do, but this is way more than what we've ever seen, right? And it's like, that doesn't fly with me, but it feels like if I close my eyes and listen, oh, yes, that's the Holy Spirit. I open my eyes and see some crazy crap going on. It's like, that's, that can't be him. But the flood came, and the, and the flood, literally the flood of his presence came, and we had no grid for it, and so it was really messy. Now, I would love for that to happen again. I'm ready for that. I would love to see messes every Sunday. I'd love to see people just, you know, because it, it was unto something. But we're actually gone past that. We're actually in a place now where we've had enough of his presence and just hold on, let me finish that sentence because you're like, we, what? Don't, don't get offended. When we've had his presence to the point where we need more, but we understand that it has to be focused onto something. Now, I'm going to qualify that. I love his presence. I love being in his presence. And even if it was not unto anything, me being in his presence is number one. Our communing with the, with the Father, being in his presence, having intimacy with him, if, if we did nothing else, that would be worth it. But as a house, as a church, his presence is here for something. It's for us, but it's also for the city. And, and, I'm, I'm, and, and in this preparation of us, we're tending our nets. We're, we're cleaning our nets right now. We're making sure that things are in place that will, that will hold an increase. And even when the increase comes, and it's going to be a suddenly, just like suddenly we have to be out of our place by June 15th. It's not a, I, I really don't believe that this is a coincidence. 
but it had to require us to respond to the suddenly in the affirmative, right? Because we had the choice. We had the choice when our real estate agent said, these are the conditions um, they wanted. They wanted the, the conditions were, you know, all the, all, the, um, all the appliances. And if you've been to our house, you walk into our back door and we have a, um, it's a cubby hole with, um, it's, like, it's like four cubbies with coat hooks on the wall. We said, well, they want that. I'm like, okay. And they wanted our big, like our big screen TV, the, the, what's that thing that goes on the wall? The wall mount. They want the wall mount. <laughs> no. <laughs> $35 on Amazon. No, go get it your own. You know? And they wanted the firewood. And I was like, I have none. Like there's, like, there's enough for maybe two more fires out there in the backyard, right? I'm like, okay. And then they want us out by the 15th. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. That's funny. But we still had the choice to say no or yes. So in the yes, that's a suddenly. And so in our suddenly, this is, this is the kind of things that are going to be happening for us. Things are going to be going on so fast. And it's going to suddenly hit us, even in the midst of our mundane getting ready for life putting in the work of a regular day's job and suddenly something happens where you're actually required to go do your job again, but the increase is going to be amazing. And I really believe that that's what we need to be prepared for because in that increase comes way more work. There's a blessing, like they had enough fish there. I don't know what what kind of coin they made from selling it, you know, but whole lot of people were taken care of, but it sure did require a lot more work. And we, you know, we talk about renewal, we talk about revival, and what does that look like? We don't actually look down and boil what it, how, it, how it's going to affect us day to day. It requires us to actually put something in it. Bethel, Bethel is actually in the middle of a, they're starting a, a building, um, uh, building project. They have outgrown the facilities that they have. And they have an amazing facility. But they outgrew their main campus. It's called the College View Campus. That's where their main sanctuary is. And they have classrooms and parking. And there's one road. If you've never been there, there's one road that goes up this hill into, the, into it. And they have three services there on a Sunday. The parking is amazing. You lose your salvation just trying to park. It's crazy. And so this new, and then they have, then they bought, um, they le- either they bought or leased, it's called the Lake, um, the Lake property. It's the, it was the old Safeway or old department store at the end of one of the malls. And they've, they've renovated this, and that's where Global Legacy is. And then they have the Twin View campus. And then they have the entire um, convention center that they're leasing from the city and running for them as a, for a profit for the city. So they, these, and that's one, I think that's the four that they have. Well, then they have a media building. And then, so they're just, like, they just, they're, they're bursting. So they bought, I forget how many acres. Do you remember? 38 acres? They bought 38 acres just nearby. And they're developing, it's an $80 million campus. Is it 100? It's gone up. Collier, yeah. So it's 100 million? I thought it was 80. They already... Um, and so the vision is they want to have this paid for before the building starts. And it's like, 
They've been preparing for 20 years for this. 20 years ago when Bill came in and, 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 and started talking and, and sharing his heart and the Lord gave him a picture of a prayer house. And he says, I really believe that we need to build this prayer house and, and we need to have the money in place. It was probably a million dollars. I don't know the number. And then Chris came in. It was Chris's first Sunday as, as a pastor there, Chris Valentin. And he prophesied, he prophesied to them, he says, that building will be paid for today. And then he quickly crawled underneath the front pew and started interceding, going, what have I said? What have I said? Because he was going to just give it to Bill, but Bill says, oh, no, tell it to everybody. The point of this story is that they called Steve De Silva up, or they took an offering, and, he, and, they, and Bill says, Steve, get your calculator, and they counted it right there in front of everybody. And it came out to $8 more than what they needed. Right there. It was paid for. They built it. It was done. But 20 years later, they have plans now for this $100 million facility that is well on its way to being paid for. My point in that story is the preparation. It doesn't matter how big the vision is, the amount of money, is that it still takes preparation and the suddenlies. As Chris said the other day, that suddenly they had kings, literally kings from other countries, contact them, says, we just we want to donate $12 million to your project. We're going to donate, you know, as a leadership. They came up as a leadership and they said, if we're not giving, if we're not giving and preparing ourselves for this, then how can we ask the rest of the congregation and the rest of the world to give into this? And so as a leadership team, just the senior leaders, they committed to $1.7 million. Now, it's a different, you look at that, how does that affect us? I don't know. But when we get to the point where we have some direction for what's going to happen with us, you know, you have to know that as a leadership team, we will be committed into that because we're preparing. Part of the preparation for the increase for us is a building fund. Now, I don't know if you noticed that on the, on the finances, we got a building fund, and there's $25 in that building fund. You know, I wasn't going to put it in. Honestly, I'm like, 25 bucks. And I forget who it was. I think it was, it was Rayanne. She says, get that into the bulletin because we need to see it as faith. Because what five loaves and two fish did for $5,000, $25 will multiply for the vision of the house. And it's, I know it's hard to give to something that we don't know and we don't, but that's part of the preparation. That's part of getting ready for the suddenly because suddenly we're going to have $125,000 in that account and someone's going to say, hey, do you want to buy 10 acres? I just got it and God's put it on my heart and, we're, and I'd just like to give it to you for $100,000. You know, or 25 bucks. <laughs> do you take a tax receipt? Yes. <laughs> but my point is if we haven't prepared anything, the Lord has nothing to work for with, Right? And so with us, even in our house, like, yes, we took a hit. We took a hit. Someone asked me, he's like, well, did you get what you want for it? I said, honestly, no, but the Lord got what he wanted for it. And I'd much rather have what the Lord has for us in that preparation time. So does that make sense? I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But um, I just, you know, it's an exciting time for us. It really is not for just for the Crozier family, um, but for House of Hope. 
because I really believe the Lord is getting us ready and he's moving on our hearts to start to increase the preparations. And it doesn't, we don't know what we're preparing for. That's the scary part. We don't know what that's going to look like. But in our hearts, in our generosity, in, in some of the foundational values that we carry, it, it, it prepares us that, hey, we're working on a culture of honor. We're working on a culture of generosity. We're, we're, we're developing our prophetic. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're continuing to go after healings. We're still doing what he's called us to do. And so when it comes more and there's a breakthrough, the suddenly we're actually going to be far ahead of what we ever thought we were going to be. But it still requires us to do the everyday. And in the, in the mundane, sometimes the mundane just kills you. But then Jesus shows up and says, hey, can I ask you a question? Take me out on the boat. That doesn't sound like a question, Lord, but I'll do it anyway. And boom, they're changed. And at the end of that, at the end of that um, passage, it says, after pulling up, <coughs> sorry, when Simon, uh, verse 8, when Simon Peter saw the astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I'm a sinful man. What did, what did that have to do to, like, what did that instance, that experience, why would that, why would Peter realize his sinful nature? It's because it was so out of the box. It was so out of, out of the normal. He realized that he probably had some stuff going on in his heart that he was a little bit testy about. He was just a little bit, what's the word, salty to Jesus because Jesus made him go out again. Don't you know we just finished this, but okay. How many of us do that? You know, like how, much, how many of the kids, well, the parents will ask something and they'll go, I'm going to do it only because I know you will beat me if I don't. So I'm going to go do it and it works out really well. You know, it's, it's true. So go away from me, master. I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, James and John, sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear, Simon. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. So they had a choice there. Stay with the provision and stay with the increase and stay or go with the word that, the, that Jesus gave them. You're trained in this area. You've spent your entire lives fixing your nets and catching your meager whatever you were catching. They, were, they had their partners and stuff. So it leads me to believe that they were actually successful. You know, they weren't just poor fishermen that sometimes we get this picture of. They're just these, all these poor fishermen. But no, they're like... They were providing food, and, like, and they had partners, and they had boats, and they could read. And so they were, they were prosperous. And then Jesus shows up and says, you're going to fish for men now. Follow me. And he, Jesus leaves, and they follow him. And it totally shifted, but their life preparation prepared them for what was next, even though it had nothing to do with their call or with their current situation. So just in closing, I want to say like some, some of you have asked, not maybe you, but I've heard the comment, how do I know that I'm following Jesus? 
The only way, way that you will know that you're actually following Jesus is if he's in front of you. Oftentimes in my life, I've, I've, I'm like, Jesus, I'm following you. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, I'm behind you. I stopped. I stopped to go pee, and you kept going. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't need to see that. <laughs> you know, or is Jesus next to you? He's buddy-buddy. There's times and seasons where that happens, but if we're following Jesus, we need to actually have somebody that we're following. That, so he's, he's a step ahead, and we're going to go. And, I, you know, I look at the times in, in our marriage, in our family life, the times that things may not have actually gone the way that I thought they were, and those are the times that Jesus was probably right next to me, or he was actually behind me and I was going off on my own. Or there's the times that things didn't work out and he was still right in front of us. He goes, yeah, this is the way we're going. So in order for us to prepare we have to, and follow, we have to make sure that Jesus is in front of us. He's got to be in front of us. Because other than that, we have nothing to follow. Make sense? It's easy. Easy, sort of. All right, let's stand. I'm going to pray and we can... Just a couple of thoughts that I've been chewing on this week. Some of you were not preparing a traditional Mother's Day message. If you do, if you did, maybe next year. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are allowing us to prepare. You are giving us the resources to fix our nets. You are giving us the resources to wash our nets. You are building things in our lives. You are preparing things in our lives for the things that are coming and we don't even see. And we say, we say yes to that. You know, in that song, um, that song where how many times walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. I just, I just speak that, that there's this, this sense that there's some of you that are actually still marching and you're wondering why hasn't what God has promised me come to pass. And I'm saying to you, as someone who has just seen the walls fall, they will fall because great is his faithfulness. How many years have we marched around some of these walls and we're going, I'm just doing it out of sheer obedience. And so Father says to you, I am rewarding your faithfulness. You have trusted me. You are walking with me. And those walls, you still have a ways to go. But I am faithful. Remain faithful. And so, Father, I release that over the ones that are marching right now, the ones that are seeing that they, they still need some time because suddenly those walls will fall. I make that declaration that suddenly those walls will fall and you will see restoration in your relationships. You will see restoration in your finances. You will see increase in every area that you have been marching around because he is faithful for that. He is so good that way. This is the area that this is what he wants us to believe is that he's faithful. So Lord, I bless these people here this morning with your faithfulness 
and I pray for courage. I release courage to keep walking and keep preparing. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.